what an exciting episode we have today. If you are thinking of becoming an elopement photographer, then this is going to be such a valuable episode for you. I'm talking all about how to shoot elopements properly, things to consider before diving in, and all of the good stuff that you should know as you're aspiring to become an elopement photographer. So without further ado, let's get it rolling. Hey, I'm Danny Purrington, and you're listening to the Rooted Creative Podcast. I'm an elopement photographer who loves anything grilled cheese and traveling to weird and wild places around the globe. After being an entrepreneur for four years and building a six-figure business that I love running, I'm here to teach you everything from actionable tips on running a successful and thriving business to what's on my heart and how we can continuously seek to glorify Jesus even in our businesses. So here we go. Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Rooted Creative Podcast. I have a very exciting episode today for all of you aspiring elopement photographers. This one is for you. It's a good one. It's one that I am passionate about, obviously, as an elopement photographer, and I can't wait to share these tips with you today. So if you're listening to this and you have thought about diving into elopements after only shooting weddings for a couple of years or a year, or you're just getting started with photography and you know that you'd like to start shooting some more elopements or you're interested in shooting elopements, then listen up. I'm going to put it bluntly. Shooting elopements is a little different than shooting weddings. And when I say a little, I actually mean a lot um, (laughs) in a good way. Some might look at them as a little more laid back, easygoing, less stressful, more creative, more emotional, more intentional, more flexible. And all of this is true from my personal experience. But one thing I think we forget to talk about is how there's actually a little bit more strenuous activity involved and it actually could become a little more exhausting than a normal wedding. And it also doesn't mean that there isn't still planning and a timeline involved. In fact, as a photographer who markets as also an elopement planner, which I recommend, there tends to be a little more planning as a part of our responsibility. So today, I want to give you some tips on how to shoot elopements and how to give your clients the best experience as an elopement photographer if you're looking to become one. So let's just start and dive right on into number one. Uh, Number one is I recommend being familiar with the outdoors. And I'm going to expand on this a little more. And don't feel offended if I say this and you're listening to this and you feel called out. That's not what I mean. Um, I just want to say that if you're looking to branch out into adventurous elopement photography into this industry, most of this occurs outdoors. And I don't mean like at a park. I mean like in the mountains, in the rural parts of the forest or the cliffs or the desert or the jungle. Like, I mean, there's a lot to consider here. And it also might require hiking, camping, cold or hot weather, and some other exhausting activities like kayaking, rock climbing, (laughs) you name it. It's best to dive into this with a passion to be outside. This is my, one of the best advice, one of the best things of advice that I can give you. It's best to dive into this with a passion to be outside and also a familiarity on how to be outside. 
Most of the time, you are acting as a guide for this couple, and they are depending on you to lead them through being outdoors, like on a trail, um, on a specific hike, on camping, you know, whatever it looks like. That means it's best to be well equipped with outdoor survival skills and first aid qualifications in case anything goes wrong. And also understanding the landscape of where you are and where you're adventuring to. That means knowing what dangers lie there. So like dangerous animals or, you know, things to look out for, like snakes in the desert, that type of stuff. And how to be aware and prepared for those scenarios if it happens. Because the last thing you want is someone to get hurt. And safety is always a priority so we can all have fun. (laughs) So... I'm personally CPR certified. I also have some outdoor survival training for this type of stuff. Um, I'm very well equipped and I know the lands that we're going to. I know what to look for, how to scare off bears, you know, that type of stuff, because you never know. While this isn't required with the job, it is a good skill to have in case things go south, which unfortunately is always a possibility. It also means knowing what leave no trace means. And basically to put this like simply, leave no trace means not like leaving it as you found it, not stepping somewhere you shouldn't or adventuring somewhere that's off limits because it's like in a land rehabilitation state. Um, It means staying on trails. It means packing out your trash. It means knowing the rules of where you are. And, you know, in Moab, there's like the cryptobiotic soil that you can't step on because it's like literally living and it sustains the desert environment. So um, it's important to understand that stuff as well as you're being outside. When I'll admit, when I first got started with being outdoors and doing this type of stuff, I had no idea about any of this stuff. So if you're listening to this and you're feeling a little guilty, please don't. I mean, we've all been there, but it's good to be educated and to know this type of stuff so that we can continue to enjoy it. So we don't ruin the land because we're all stepping where we shouldn't and, um, you know, disobeying kind of what we're supposed to be following and, you know, disobeying privileges, which could lead to having privileges taken away. So it's important to understand leave no trace and educating yourself on where it's okay to travel, where it's okay to step and explore, um, what you need permits for. That's also really important. Again, we don't want privileges taken away. So, um, if you're shooting in a national park or a state park, you're most definitely going to need some type of permit to do that. So it's good to look into each individual park's policies, get the appropriate permits to do so and, um, not break any rules because we don't want those privileges just to be taken away with photographers continuously breaking those rules. Also, if you don't have a passion for being outside or being in the outdoors like this in an adventurous environment, this may not be the facet of wedding photography for you. And that's okay. Um, I know plenty of people that think they want to do this. They, and then they do their first adventurous elopement and they're like, you know what? Um, I don't know if this is for me and that's totally fine. Uh, I'm just letting you know from experience that it's good to have a passion to be outside while doing this because most of the work you're going to do is not going to be at a courthouse or a park. It's more likely than not going to be somewhere adventurous or at least if that's what you're striving for, that's the case of what will happen for you. So that's number one, be familiar with the outdoors, have a passion for it, and you will enjoy this. Number two, 
Um, be prepared. So bring extra snacks, food, warm clothing, hiking boots, and a hiking backpack that's fit for hiking and also carrying all of your gear. Some of my favorite snacks to bring are things like cliff bars and granola bars, applesauce to go pockets, packets, not pockets, <laughs> but those are so good. Like the ones from Trader Joe's. Oh my gosh. They're amazing. I bring them all the time. They're just like that little fruitiness that I need in the day or an apple. An apple works too. <laughs> like actual fruit. Um, trail mix is also a really great one for something salty some chips if you want to bring like a little bag. Sometimes they take up a lot of space in your backpack though, so I tend to stay away from chips. But for jackets, I love my Patagonia. It's lightweight. It also can withstand really cold temperatures because that tends to happen in the winter. You'll, you might be shooting in the snow, but you don't have a lot of room to pack your big puffy jacket when you're traveling across the country. So bringing something that's lightweight is really great. Um, good hiking boots are also really important, like very important. And it's good to have them broken in before you shoot this elopement. Um, if you got new boots because you will get blisters. So just make sure you break them in. Um, I have waterproof shoes from the brand Forsake. I love them. They have great shoes and I've had them for a really long time and they have held together for, I think like at least three years now, but it's definitely time for me to get some new boots. I'm just saying this brand is great. Um, and also they last a while. Yeah, that's great. So for backpacks now, let's talk about this. There are many options. One of the most popular for elopement photographers is the Shimoda bag from moment. This is not an inexpensive bag. I think it ranges from three to 400, depending on which one you go with, but do your research. Some photographers use like actual backpacking backpacks like Osprey bags and have attachable straps on the bag so they can have easy access for their cameras. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think that that if it works for you and it's comfortable and you feel balanced and you know, you're not going to break your back carrying all this gear, then I'd say go for it. But there are definitely some bags that have been built for elopement photographers that I would recommend looking into because think about it. You don't have a roller bag that you can bring with you on an elopement. So if you've got all this gear, you can't be rolling it around on a trail. That's not going to work. You have to pack it out in a backpack. So um, the best way to do it is to get one that's, you know, comfortable, one that can hold its weight and it's not going to break your back. Um, and also just like not packing as much gear. So when I shoot a wedding, or at least when I did, I brought at least like six lenses with me because I've got like a tilt shift and I've got like a 14 millimeter for like those dance floor photos and you know, all that stuff. I don't necessarily need to bring all of those lenses to an elopement. I really just need the staples like my 35 millimeter, my 85 for the ceremony, um, and then my 50 millimeter. Those are typically the three lenses that I bring. And then I have two camera bodies to uh, go back and forth with. So that's kind of my recommendation as far as like what to bring and be prepared. Also, Bring a first aid kit. There are portable ones that you can get from CVS. It's really easy. Just get one with band-aids, you know, antiseptic, all that stuff. Because if someone gets a cut or a blister, you want to, you know, help them and not make them feel like you're unprofessional or unprepared. So, you know, things can always go wrong. So just it's good to be prepared and have that stuff available. So number two, be prepared. Number three, have a backup plan. <laughs> so... 
With adventurous elopements, weather can change very quickly and can be unpredictable. And it's good to be safer than sorry. So that means not climbing to the top of a mountain during a thunderstorm. Um, It means not being on a lake bed or in the lake when there's a thunderstorm going on or it's snowing and the trail is really slippery and you can't get to the top. Um, It's just good to have a backup plan in case something happens like that. So instead, have at least three backup plans in case the first one doesn't work out because of weather. Also plan for a variety of options. So one that has like good covering in case of a rainstorm, one that is easier to get to in case of a snow or in case of like snow or again, a rainy thunderstorm. Um, and one that is obviously just as epic, but not as dangerous if weather were to influence it. So easier to get to usually is the best thing, like a more popular spot for people to get to typically you know, if there's weather, there won't be as many people, but it's easier to get to and it's safer. Having a backup plan not only makes you look prepared for your couple and professional, but also allows your couple to trust you even if the weather does become unpredictable. It puts them at ease knowing that you've got some backup plans just in case. Sometimes in client meetings, I'll have a client say, well, what happens if it rains? And I'll say, well, if it rains, um, we can always try the next day. So I usually block out a couple of days while I'm there just in case weather does influence it. Or I'll say we have some backup plans and we can go to this place instead if you really want to get married on this date because it's it's better to have safety than to be dangerous and, you know, drowning in a rainstorm. So, <laughs> um, so have a backup plan. Have at least three backups in case the first one doesn't work out. I think this is just a good rule of thumb for like any wedding you're shooting. Have a backup plan if you're not going to be on the venue. Yeah. Okay. Number four. The last tip, get ready to document every moment, even the in-between moments. Some of my favorite photos from elopements are the ones that are just truly raw and unplanned. I love to be the documenter in that scenario, just literally getting every moment as it happens, every single possible moment. Um, And you have to be looking for it. You have to have an eye for it. And you have to be aware. So you're always on the clock. Don't just like stand there and wait, you know, and sit around. Like every moment that happens, I try and document because that's why my clients hired me. They want those intentional moments captured and remembered forever. And even if it's not like the prettiest photo and it's blurry or not centered, but there's a really special hug happening with the grandma and the bride, you know, I still want to give that to them because it's a memory that they will have forever to hold on to. So be ready to capture at all times whilst on the clock, (laughs) like have your camera accessible and ready to go at all times for those moments and truly focus on capturing the story of the day. So don't just get like, you know, the couple all the time and just them like Get the reactions of some of their favorite people if they're not alone. Get this, the, like the location, like if there's a wildflower field, like get some close up of some wildflowers or a landscape shot of where you're at that doesn't even have the couple there. It sets the scene for the story and it tells it well. Um, so, and, and yeah, just be ready to document every single moment that happens with the couple. Tell the story well, be ready to document. These are just some things that I think are really easy tips to be thinking about as you get started shooting elopements. And while there are a lot of other things I could go over on this topic, I think these are some of the most important things to consider because 
they require some thinking. Like if you don't love the outdoors, you might not like doing adventurous elopements and that's okay. There are like urban elopements that you can do instead. Um, like city elopements and courthouse elopements and all of that, that they're just as special. Um, I'm specifically talking about adventurous elopements day because I know that a lot of photographers strive for this, but I also know that not every photographer is built for this. So, um, it's good to know these types of things and to be prepared and to have that type of background, um, or passion for that as you do these types of things. So I, I hope that this was helpful. Let's just do a quick review of what we went over today. So the four tips, uh, number one is being familiar with the outdoors and, you know, having that type of survival skills and being prepared and all that. Um, number two is being prepared, obviously bringing like snacks, warm clothing, hiking boots, um, a first aid kit, that type of stuff is really important. Number three, have a backup plan in case weather decides to influence the day. So have at least three to go to if the first one doesn't work out and agree with the couple on them, obviously, before you choose those three. Number four, get ready to document every moment, even the in-between moments. Tell the story well. That's why your couple hired you. Um, and you know, they want to make sure obviously you do a good job. And that's kind of it. I I could go on on this topic. I love elopements so much. And I love being outside. Um, and don't forget to have fun. Being outside and getting to do this job is so stinking cool. Like what an awesome job we have. So make sure to enjoy it and enjoy it with your couple as well. Have fun and enjoy it. And if you have more questions about how to be an elopement photographer, I'm happy to chat more about it in our Facebook group. If you have some unanswered questions, just go to facebook.com slash rooted creative community to join. Also, if this episode was really helpful for you, I would love some feedback. You can leave a review. We love reviews here, or um, you're welcome to email me rooted WRKSHP at gmail.com. Uh, give me a holla. I would love to hear from you and get some feedback on how we're doing here at the podcast. I hope this was helpful for you today, friends. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, I will see you later. Thanks for listening to the Rooted Creative Podcast. Be sure to subscribe for more tips and leave a review to help get the word out about our podcast. Resources and notes about what we talked about today are also available at www.rootedwrkshp.com slash show notes, all for free. I'm so excited you tuned in today and I can't wait to share more with you soon. Until next time and God bless.